Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy. Ryback, I'm joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. What's going on? How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's uh, 2020 and we are uh, just waiting for the good news. Waiting for the good news, Raj. It, any good news. Any it's good something. news. Yeah. It's <laughs> So I'm uh, recovering from uh, stem cell procedure number 15. Uh, on the right shoulder, and we got the uh, back scheduled. They're they're getting it approved. So because I'm ended up uh, going through insurance again here because bioaccelerator everything's on hold. I can't go, get to Columbia to do those yet, and so everything's been delayed. So I figured, just okay. Well, I'm going to get two more procedures here, pay through the deductible, and, and it, it cost me a little bit, but it's not nothing nowhere what it would. And then hopefully in a couple months, I'm able to get down to Columbia to get the, the super powerful ones. So it, it's, so the super powerful ones aren't legal here, right? Not yet because yeah. there, there's so many restrictions. The politics. So the ones I get here use my bone marrow and I get about a million stem cells per treatment. Whereas okay. each treatment there on each area, like I got about a million stem cells on my shoulder. And this is the information they've relayed to me. And from research and talking to the doctors. And then when I go down there, it's typically anywhere from 40 to 50 million per body part, which and even my shoulder, they can go, we might even go to a hundred million on this next one, just mega dose it. And, uh, but I get, I get, I've gotten the ones here is, or what got me to the point that I was where I was, okay, I know I could overcome this. And then those treatments over there were, were mega powerful. So where that was like, what took me completely out of pain. On those, so it's uh, way more procedures than I than I ever uh, anticipated getting. But here we are. I, I'm feeling great, and uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel. So, so this is the last one. Uh, I I'm hoping, well on the back, and then the bioaccelerator. I'm hoping they're going to do my nerves yeah. and my leg, my back again, and my shoulder, and and that should like I feel good already. I'm just looking. I'm trying to get. You only get a like. This is how many opportunities am I going to have to get my health completely right. back? Like it's this is unheard of. So it's right. really I, I'm a guinea pig with all this. Like I, there's no rules to this. There's people always ask. They go, "Is this it? Like, are you all better?" And it's like I don't, I don't expect it. People they don't understand the the a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement or like it, it's very it's a very serious conversation, right? And I'm trying to get to where I never have to relive this ever again. And I don't want to experience this when I'm 70 or 80. Yeah. So I, it's just, it's a fine line of also that, that window of, of staying young. I feel yeah. like my best years are ahead of me. I also, I, I don't want to all of a sudden wake up and be 45 and I'm where I'm 38 now and be 45 and like, and haven't pulled the trigger yet either. And then right. now, even though wrestlers best years tend to be after their bodies give up, but mentally, because I feel mentally now I'm even superior to where I was, even psychology-wise and working-wise, that 
just get back in ring shape and right. I'm going to actually be healthy though. So this is like, like I said, it's out of a movie where I'm getting my youth back <laughs> and, and also in the mental part and I've had a break away from everything. And so it's, uh, I was just talking to Kevin Nash yesterday and I, I told him, I go, we were talking about stem cells and everything again. And uh, I just said, I got one fucking shot to make this right. Like, and, and he, yeah. and, and he's like, take your time. Cause it's, and, it's, and I know that, and I've been lucky enough with the supplements. I don't have to make a dumb decision for money. And, right. You know, and when I come back, I don't want to be, and we talk, and I've talked about like guys like Goldberg and I, and I don't know what his reasons were for coming back. I don't want to come back and I'm not using him cause we're nothing alike, but just, I physically, I'm a physical wrestler. I don't want right. to be less than what I was when I come back. So. Right. Well, uh, man, that's great to hear. Um, uh, Hopefully yeah, do I mean, the show the, still while I'm back. If I when I go back, yeah, absolutely. This, just shooting on everybody. Just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> depending like, on if a heel or baby face will dictate that asshole show, I wrestled yeah. on Friday. If I, if I which I never said I'll never be heel again, but if I ever am, it, this will be a, a hell of a show. Yeah, right, um, man. A lot of stuff this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, tragically Shad passed away. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and we'll talk about that more in depth at the end, but first off, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, raised a lot of eyebrows, uh, over the past, it feels like it's been the last several years, but, uh, this past week he criticized Becky Lynch for getting pregnant, uh, basically ripping her for, uh, saying that she got pregnant during her biggest, um, money drawing years. Uh, saying that she should have waited. Uh, he was, I mean, very critical. Um, hey, did you get a chance to hear what he said? I, I heard part of it, saw part of it, the, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, if you wanna, I, mean, I don't know if you want to pe- read it for the listeners. I'm sure a lot of them are aware, but it's. <laughs> All right. Don't, this is not me. So I don't want this anyone taking any audio. No uh, reflection <laughs> of this show, of Raj, of myself. So he goes, you can't always be on top of the wrestling business in a million dollar a year spot or more, but you can have a baby. What is she? Can she be 30? Can she be 30? She's 33. Uh, Well, she's got many years before the expletive easy bake oven gets shut off. She can have all those problems like a descended stomach and stretch marks and hemorrhoids and hormone problems and mood swings and all those other chores of motherhood later on when she ain't making a million dollars a year. She's got plenty of time left. Why would, what would you do if your wife came home and said, instead of making a million dollars next year, I'm going to basically just be a raging B for the next nine months and then give you more expletive to worry about around the house. Um, so yeah, those are, uh, that's Jim Cornette's uh, thoughts on it. Seth Rollins appeared on the after the bell podcast this week and said that, you know, Cornette, his comments hurt him. Uh, he said, and I'll just read it. He said, it hurt my feelings on a personal level because Jim Cornette is someone who's a legend in our industry. And he's someone I personally worked with in my time at Ring of, Ring of Honor. And for him to come out and say some real negative things, some real misogynistic things about women in general and pregnancy in the industry, it kind of caught me, caught me off guard. It made me lose a lot of respect for someone who a lot of people had already kind of lost respect for. And I was still holding on to hope that somewhere along the line, there was a personal connection between Jim and I that he would think twice before making some egregious comments about women, about my wife. I can't forgive them. I don't even want to repeat them. So, yeah. That's, um, this is one of those situations with Jim. 
he, and I, I don't like to even talk about him because it's, I think it's one of those things I wish we could all just like, he's blocked on my accounts and, and I don't, I mean, it, it's, I just, I don't want to yeah. deal with it. And it's one of those that it, you don't even, he, he does this for money and he goes the negative route and he's, cause he's making money from his show in a negative way. Um, there's a way to relay his feelings. There's a lot. There are his opinions, right, on things, but he does so in a very insulting way to people, where and those aren't his decisions. And now he he can express that. He goes, he can express that in such a way where you know how many years does she have to make this kind of money? And that there's just a way if you want to get that across where you don't have to be so just so shitty about it. But that's right. not what. And he has that fan base that is drawn to that negativity and that that just the way that he just fires Venom out for mm-hmm. no reason. On to, like, you don't want to speak about the talent. And that's one thing I've never, you don't, it would benefit me none to just shit talk all the talent all the time. And that, right. and that, that would just show bitterness and insecurity on my part. And I think that comes across with him that what for whatever his experience in the business, it's it, it, it it's a very... He has a lot of built up negative tension in him and he's not evolved as he's gotten older and he's not yeah. learned and, he, and he's and he's very immature in his ways with how how he he speaks about people. And there's just, and again him working with Seth and like, it's not there's no need to be that insulting with it right. is what and he's and I know in the past what he does is he'll respond and he acts like he doesn't know anything going on with wrestling with the other guy that's on his show. That's the gimmick. They they don't He's too good to know about what's going on, so this guy has to educate him on whoever that other guy is with him on it, and, and then and then Jim just insults everything, and then people listen to what's Jim gonna insult this week, and right. he's done it with me on things that weren't even true, but he just big steroid idiot. He doesn't. It's just eventually Jim's gonna meet people that he's said like it's gonna happen, and the and the wrong person's gonna go up and knock him flat on his fucking ass. Like that's the only and the, like. And I wish him nothing but love and happiness. I hope he can find peace in his life because he's he just comes off like the most miserable human being on in the existence of the planet. And I would hate like to personally go the route of just talking shit about everyone to get people to listen to me. I think that is the the it's just it's low brow. It's just not needed. And, and I mean that's Becky's decision and Seth. That's their decision. They want to have a child. She's thirty three. Like for women, that's a very personal thing. Yeah, that's no other. It's no man's other man. You know, you can have your opinion on on. And, and, and Jim has good things, like good ideas about the wrestling business. At times, he's not like it's not a total lost cause. Right, it's just that he takes this negative approach to bashing people to get views and to get attention, and then he gets loud. He tries to just scream and insult. Like you can't have like a civil debate with him without right. him just screaming and cussing and, and, and name calling right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, to your point, Jim Cornette makes a lot of good points here and there. Uh, but then stuff like this, and that's why you can never quote him or source him or, you yeah. know, anything, because it just uh, devalues the good points he has with, uh, you know, the, his gimmick right now, which is. Uh, it's, his just, gimmick is being an insecure old man. It yeah. really is. That's all. It's, and that's all. Being that, a prick. Yeah. There's no read. Like, there's. Yes, he has valid points about Becky's career and making that money from a from a from a worker standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint and financial standpoint. But why, why do you have to be so insulting in the process? Because you want views. 
and he's not worried like and he's making his money outside of the business doing that and it's I just wish he would take a his he has good points on things at times mm-hmm. like there's just no like you said there's not need there's no need to make it so personal with yeah. that and it's just like Becky's a great human being like she's that's something I, I don't know I, I I don't understand it and I, I don't relate to it and that's why I can just wish him nothing but happiness that he could find peace and happiness. Unfortunately, most people don't, and and they die alone and angry and bitter. And I, I personally, I, I wish the best for him on things, but it's just, it's it's upsetting just from yeah. a wrestling standpoint and being in the business. And, and like Seth, I'm sure is completely destroyed. Somebody you know you grew up watching and, and like the veteran of the right. business, and and he probably does respect a lot of things with Jim, and then like. That happens. Right. And it's just, and yeah. I don't blame him. I don't blame him for not forgiving him. And it's yeah. hopefully the best thing you could do is forgive him and then just forget about him. That's all you could do with people like that. And there's no changing them. Like there's no, Jim's not going to change. I remember the yeah. first time I ever met him and going down to OVW, just coming in into the business. And I just remember thinking, this is guy, this guy is loud and obnoxious. And then all the Santino Morella stuff happened where Jim was completely out of line. And I just remember thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? it's the guy wherever he goes there's controversy no matter what there was that video a few years ago where him and santino bumped into each other at a like some convention at a wrestling convention he still just went off like a like a lunatic santino i mean if you would see snap that video. his fucking neck and, and leave santino. him in a pool of his own blood but santino's smart enough to know not to put his hands on jim because that's what it's oh, right, yeah. eventually the wrong there's going to be nobody around and somebody's gonna Somebody's going to get their hands on. I honestly feel like that's the only way you can actually, to a person like that, unfortunately, you know, wishing them loving kindness is is, is great. It's not going to ever stop them from what they're doing. It's right. they need to be drugged in a back room and be left in a pool of their own blood. And, and, and no, no, I'm not kidding. And then yeah. and then he'd have second thoughts about ever running his mouth about people ever again. But and that's not me threatening him or anything. I don't. I could care less about right. the guy. It's just. That is physically somebody's going to hit their point, boiling point with him. And it's going to be, and you hear stories of him at shows when he's gone, he keeps his head down and won't interact with anybody. And and that's, he knows, he has yeah. to know. And I'm sure that's why he doesn't do a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people could use a good ass kicking. <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, even like, but he seems, he picks on women a lot too. Uh, like the Dan, with the Dana Brooks stuff, right? Yeah. That's what I was just going to bring up. Yeah, Dana Brooke. Uh, that was another thing. He, uh, you know, again, we we, he, we don't usually post his comments on on our on Wrestling Inc. But uh, I don't Dana like Brooke to talk responded. about him because it's not. Yeah. It's, but it, yeah, same thing. You know. We never posted his comments on on Becky, uh, but we did post uh, Seth's uh, response. But uh, yeah, with Dana Brooke, he said Dana Brooke's entire face looks like it was remodeled after someone set fire to it and put it out with an axe. What the F hap has happened? Did she do that on purpose or was she in a horrible accident? What the F? And so Dana Brooke responded, how about you stop hiding behind a keyboard and come say it to my face? Because I doubt would, I doubt you would when you see me in person, Mark. How about stop spreading hate and start spreading positivity? I feel horrible for her that she had to even read that. And, and that's, mm-hmm. again, everyone's entitled to their opinion on what... There's just no need being a, a, a on-air personality. That's just something. Just don't talk about it if it's something that bothers you. You know what I mean? Like if, right. you, if it's something, if you don't agree with with the the stuff she's done, I don't agree with people having a lot of stuff. Done. I don't. It's not my personal decision. That's theirs. 
right. in the what, and then you just don't talk about it if it's something that really bothers you. Uh, obviously, he he doesn't believe in that mentality, and he again just violently like vicious with his words, just venom. With again, I'm sure they've had no interaction. She's done nothing to him, and he he does that, and so and but. What you'll get, you'll get a portion of people that follow him that love to listen to that. And it's unfortunate because I promise you, if he if he had money from other things, he wouldn't need to go that route. He wouldn't. I, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Vince Russo, and I know a lot of people have, you know, uh, polarized views on, on Vince. But, uh, you know, the stuff Cornette says about Vince, like wishing death on him. And, and he, this is legit. Like, you know, Vince Russo had to get a uh, restraining order on him. It's, uh, it's very immature and childish. The, just that Jim at the, his age and he, he will latch onto something and just keep going and going and going. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Like, I just wish, I just wish he's so much, he could be so much better than that and actually help provide valuable insight into the business because there's, like I've said, there's so many things on um, things he talks about that I've heard <clears throat> where I was like, man, he, he, he does, he has a great wrestling mind and not to say some of it might not be outdated here and there and everything evolves and stuff. And he's not in the business, which if he was, I feel he'd be updated on some of that stuff, but it's just the personal attacks. I, I'll never understand it. Yeah. Uh, Ember Moon was on WWE backstage this past week and she said, uh, she has a torn Achilles, and she said it might be a career-ending injury. She's not sure if she's she'll be able to come back from it. She's talked about how it's the hardest injury. She might not have a chance to redeem herself. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, she's you know really young. It'd be really sad if that you know she's not able to come back from that. Yeah. Now, hopefully, and again, when you go through a, a serious injury like that, um, you go through your ups and downs. I remember when my ankle injury, when they told me. I would never be able to wrestle again. I chose not to be a victim, like have that like victim mentality. Not saying she is, because I went through my ups and downs of personal feelings of like, am I going to be able to come back from this? And I didn't, there were points where like, in my head, I was always, I knew I was going to come back from it, but it seemed like it was never going to happen. And she could just be having a bad month at rehab where it's just no progress at all. And you know what I mean? And then she goes and they put her on TV and then she says that it's, I think in, in a month she might feel she's making huge progress and no, I'm going to come back from it. No doubt it is a, I mean, it is a career threatening injury from a physical standpoint. And it's one of those things that just might take longer than even expected. And hopefully the WWE is patient with her and gives her time. And it's something you can't rush. And Edge, Edge, I remember Edge coming down to Florida Championship Wrestling to rehab after his Achilles. And it, he was out for a long time. And it's, there's no guarantees. But I think if she's able to get in a positive mindset and, and just choose, you know what, I'm not a victim. I'm not, I'm going to come back from this. Because, again, you go through good days and bad days, good weeks, good months, bad months. I think we caught her on a bad month uh, as far as where she's at maybe with everything. And I think she'll come back from it. She'll end up – she's just going through a little, little tough stretch probably. Yeah. Uh, also this past week, Van Hammer, he was sentenced. He pled guilty to one count of DUI causing property damage and injury as part of a plea deal, uh, in Palm beach, Florida. Uh, he was sentenced to one year of probation, a one year suspension of his driver's license and one year of having an interlock device placed on his vehicle. Now he had 
struck a five-year-old boy. Uh, so Van Hammer, who's now 60, struck a five-year-old boy who was riding a bike uh, with his father on January the 26th. The boy was thrown under the hood of his car and admitted to a local hospital as a trauma patient with possible internal injuries and road rash. And Van Hammer got out of the car after the accident, claimed the boy jumped out in front of his car and then drove away. Uh, and a witness followed Van Hammer to his home and identified him to police. And then he was found on the front steps, taken into custody, smelled of alcohol, took a breathalyzer. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was messed up, but he, he didn't, he's not getting any jail time. Wow. No, that's an uh, unfortunate story to hear. Again, everyone makes mistakes and, um, so you try not to pass judgment on it. It just we see that with wrestlers, seems to be more sad cases after wrestling than positive for a lot of lot of people, unfortunately. And um, again, I don't know all the details of the situation. And the good thing is nobody nobody died, luckily. And um, and hopefully, a positive comes out of this for him. And. Uh, Again, from that era, a lot of guys, and there's a lot of them end up having a strong connection to alcohol and, and drugs that carry over from the business and for being in pain. And and he wrestled for a long time as far as different periods. You go back and see him. Even before I was exposed to him from the WCW Monday Night Wars, I mean, he was wrestling before that and doing different things. And I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I just, I, I wish the best for him and hope, luckily nobody, like I said, passed, was, was hurt or killed in the situation. And, um, yeah. Just, just tragic. It, it, there, there'll be hopefully a positive at the end of it, but. Yeah. I mean, if he can pull his, himself together, his life together, you know, then. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what the situation, it could have just been a situation where he just random, maybe he doesn't ever drink and he drank randomly and did something really yeah. stupid. I don't, it could have been. I don't know, but nothing ever good comes we know from drinking and driving. It can't can't speak against that enough, right? Uh, this is a weird one. Drew Gulak, uh, who was on Raw, I mean uh, on SmackDown last week, uh, had a, a great match with Daniel Bryan in the Intercontinental Title Tournament. He lost, uh, and just days later, uh, actually the next day, it came out that he is no longer with the promotion. Uh, he, his contract had expired after that episode was taped. Uh, and he, uh, so he wasn't released because if he was released, there'd probably be a 90 day non-compete. His contract expired. He was apparently being represented by Barry Bloom. A lot of people might recognize him. He represented a lot of, uh, WCW wrestlers in the nineties. Um, but yeah, he, he had been represented by Barry Bloom. Apparently there was a, a financial uh, disagreement uh, and WWE pulled their offer and Drew Gulak. Now if he can, if he wants to, he could appear on AEW or impact, you know, tomorrow, whenever. I'm uh that's interesting. And he was going through Barry Bloom with that. And the, again, you kind of could tell guys that do that, the way WWE will book you, I feel like is not as good either. If they're not happy with you, you know, because they, they're really weird with that in this day and age on the power control. With all that, that, unless you get it put in the contract too, if you just sign and you get the money that you want even, they have control still and they'll use you accordingly. We talked like EC3 with the trademark stuff and then all of a sudden his booking just goes to complete shit. Like it, 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 it's, it's a real thing that happens time and time again. Um, and I wonder if with everything going on with the virus financially, 
like too, when your contract comes up, you get a raise. Because and the reason why you get a raise and why everyone should is because they start you off so low that you have to get raises as you're there. And that's like that was one of my other things talking like with Leo Rushley that you don't go to the NFL and all of a sudden you know you make a substantial amount of money. Whereas WWE plays that card against you and starts you off super low, like oh you're gonna have to work here for three years before you you know can get something where we'll pay you decent money and tear your body apart where nothing is promised and. It's and that's the way the business was. It, it it's not right though, and people talent need to speak up on that. And uh, he was probably due a significant raise, and they probably didn't want to get it to him, give it to him. So why would he sign another three or five year contract on a low downside? Smart, brilliant move on him by not doing that. And and he uh, he he's a guy that I think he was gonna his star value was gonna rise being being tied with Daniel Bryan over time. I think there was 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 significant value in that, and for him to increase his value over time. I knew I started paying attention to him more when I started seeing them together, and I liked it. Yeah, and where I, I could see more in him outside of just being a wrestler, where I think uh, Daniel would have been able to get more character out of him because Daniel evolved and did that with him. Dan, when I first saw Dan, I thought it was the most boring fucking guy. Like, and, and that was right. not knowing him and becoming friends with him. I thought he eventually learn the WWE model in that the personality is bigger than the wrestling. And that's where Dan right. then became a star when he realized that. And, and, and I think a lot of people, the first time maroon trunks and there was not, it was a great, great, fantastic wrestler, but the WWE level, it's so much more than that. And, and Dan learned that and, and, and is got to the top of the mountain with that, and I think Drew he, being Drew being around that I thought could have really, really um, thrived being around him. So hopefully, maybe it's a situation where he just sits at home for a bit, and and once this virus stuff settles, maybe a new offer comes in, and they're able to get some get some business done, and he gets the raise that he should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> this is uh, as far as negotiations go. It seems like it's the worst time uh, mm-hmm. to negotiate with WWE because they kind of have all the power right now. Um, but yeah, uh, he's a talented guy. Uh, yeah. To your point, Daniel Bryan, I think really elevated him a lot. So, uh, so we'll, we'll be, they we'll just didn't do like a short term deal just until everything, even like a three month extension or something, just, uh, right. and maybe he didn't want to, maybe he wanted that new deal, but it is a bad time with the virus. And from a business standpoint with them, I'm they nothing's back to normal yet. So where they're releasing all these guys, are you going to then all of a sudden give a guy, you know, that's on a, maybe a hundred and fifty thousand dollar downside that maybe wants four fifty or five hundred. Are you going to do that at this time? So it, it's right. a tough situation. Yeah, uh, and on the the flip side of that, we we first reported at Wrestling Inc. that Ric Flair uh, resigned with WWE, uh, so he's back under contract. We have an interview with Flair coming out next week. He had actually just resigned last week, so he <clears throat> there was several months there where he wasn't under contract. Um, but he said, uh, e- even Tony Khan, uh, has, had told Ric Flair that, you know, I, I'm n- never going to make you an offer cause I know you'll never, you're always with WWE. So, uh, Flair staying sting on the other hand is gone. Sting is now can do whatever he wants. He's a free agent. I and think was- it would have been, that would have been interesting with Flair and his ties to WCW with that. It would have been nice to, to see, I like, I would have liked to seen him as an ambassador for, AEW, I think it helps having all those guys. I think it makes them more legitimate with all that. And um, but 
unfortunately, you know, with, with Hunter and I think with them, the, they've taken care of him over the years and we, his, his financial troubles and all that have been publicized, you know, time and time again in the divorces. So it's, uh, I'm sure he, he's, he's nice and secure with WWE and I'm happy for him that he's financially taken care of. And Sting, you know, he's because he, even when Sting had that WWE run, it just never felt right. Sting has always been a non-WWE guy, and I think uh, he'd make a great fit somewhere else in whatever role. Obviously, he probably can't wrestle, but uh, he's he's got value. Yeah, and it doesn't. You don't have to sign these guys to wrestler contracts. Just like you know, they can come out with something very similar, whether it's a, a producer's role or a legends deal. Again, you. Two, the one day a week is so much easier for everyone involved. Where right. a guy like Sting, who maybe had zero interest, and I, this is just, I am just speculating, I have no idea, that working four or five days a week on the road and living on the road in WWE, which is not conducive to his lifestyle and, and a healthy lifestyle and being at home with his family. But one day a week where you fly out, you can fly out Wednesday morning and get yeah. in in the afternoon, depending, and maybe Tuesday night sometimes. And catch a red eye or, or or back home early Thursday morning, and you go and you help out, and you, you I, man, I think I, I wouldn't be upset having Sting as a as an agent or a producer or a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we talked last week about Leo Rush and Mark Henry. Uh, it got even uglier this week. Uh, Leo Rush, he, he, he wrote about Mark Henry. He wrote, keep my name in your mouth, if you please. You literally have nothing better to do than to continue to talk shit on a situation that happened over a year ago about a 25-year-old who just lost his damn job. Sorry, guys, but I've been holding my breath for way too long. People like this need to get called out. It's sickening. It's disappointing and extremely discouraging. I love my fans. I pray that one day in the future, the state of this kind of matter progresses. And this is why African-American talent on the biggest platform will continue to not have equal opportunity because people like you constantly tear your own people down. A damn shame, honestly. That really upset Mark Henry. He told TMZ Sports that he's considering legal action for slander. And he said... uh, he released an album, a song or something, and he wanted to use that to get some attention, get some buzz. But now he said something slanderous and you can't question my blackness. No one can pull my black card. No, not allowed. Nobody. If you go down to the performance center in NXT, probably 25, I think people of color in the facility, probably about 80 percent plus. I helped them get there. So it's completely opposite. And for him to go there was absolutely the worst possible thing he could have done. And it's one of those things. If I take legal action for slander, then I will. But I'm not sure yet. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, getting ugly. Yeah, it seems like it, it, it's pretty personal, and especially on Leo's end. And I don't like I said, I had him on the show and we didn't even get into that. That stuff happened after he was did the appearance on the show. And um you know, I, I know Mark's, and I've had nothing but great experiences with Mark. I don't know their interaction. I don't know the details of it. Leo's clearly upset. I wish they would just talk and mm-hmm. be, not even on there, just have a conversation and just get it all, lay it all on the table. And whether they want to put that on air or not, that's fine. If I, But if they were, I think it would be very beneficial for those two to talk and just have a good conversation. And you know what? And maybe you do put it on because it's a lesson to learn everyone to talk out your problems and uh, that because I, I think they would meet and find a, a common ground with all of this. And um, and people get angry. I'm sure Leo 
He's a human being. He's, you know, 25-year-old, young, didn't have the best experience in WWE. And everyone, that's the people, a lot of fans have to forget, don't understand. Not everyone has a good experience. A lot of people have a very bad experience. And even the people that make a lot of money don't have a great experience, but they make enough money to where they can focus on the good. And the whole coronavirus thing going on, and he's out of a job, and he has two kids and a wife, and things there were, were he was sitting at home for seven, eight months prior to being coming back to NXT. Probably just a lot of frustrations. And sometimes when things from the past and, and like dirt sheets and things don't help, when they rehash old things, and just to try to, to get clicks, and he's exposed all that. And it's like that anger that he may have just bottled up at the time because he was under, because at the time, if he would have got into Mark with this at the time under contract, from a political scale, it would not have fared well for him at all. He's out of that system now, where now that anger maybe that he bottled up at the time from whatever happened with them is coming out. And and it's, I just wish they would talk, and and because I think they could, could hash this all out. And, but I under, like Leo, I can, I understand it because dirt sheets don't help this stuff. And then what happens is people that are fans of WWE, Mark Henry has a large fan base. It's like almost like when CM Punk decided that he was going to take a personal and say a lot of negative false things about me, people automatically believe that right off the bat. And I was instantly the bad guy and it's taken years of just being me and doing the right thing where eventually, Oh, we were wrong. This guy is was full of shit. And where and not saying Mark is not full of shit or saying any of that, but he's a large fan base. So when Leo and them get into it, Leo, he's gonna get a lot of backlash from Mark's fans as well. And nobody really knows the details of what's going on. So hopefully yeah. they talk. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, if someone with a large platform, a triple H calls someone lazy, even if they're not. That gets out everywhere, and that's hard to overcome, yes. even even if it's not true, just because of you know the, that that large following. And, and um, Leo's point, whatever happened with him and Mark, the perception was in what in WWE with him to get him heat during this, and we talked about it was they mm -hmm. put up that he might not be good with his money. When the story was, he's not making any money, and and they don't want that publicized. So oh, this guy's bad with his money, and then fans instantly attack that because they think they don't know what everybody is making. Uh, they don't know the actual numbers of things. They don't know the expenses. They don't know your family situation and stuff. And it, it's a really just, it's a really frustrating thing. Yeah. Uh, this past week, the dark side of the ring, their season finale ended with their episode on Owen Hart is the most viewed episode in their history. I think it had 340,000 viewers. Uh, so it was by far the most watched episode uh, in their history. And, on the episode, uh, they had interviews with Martha Hart and uh, Owen's son, uh, Owen and Martha's son, Oge. And one of the big things that uh, wrestling fans will always say about Owen, like a lot of wrestling fans, not all of them, but they say, oh, uh, Martha should allow him to be inducted and, and uh, you know, do it for the fans. You know, the fans would you know want to see him, you know, do it for the kids so the kids could see it. So Oge, uh, Owen's son. <clears throat> He said, uh, I would never let WWE put his name on a piece of silver and say that they got that. Uh, they built, we built a foundation that helps put people in homes that keeps single moms like my mom was that lets kids go to school. This is all done in his namesake. This has all got Owen Hart written all over it. This is how communities, this is how people and society remembers him. And that is how we want it to be done. 
So talking about the Owen Hart Foundation that they they founded from their uh, lawsuit against WWE, they, they settled out of court for 18 million, and they used a lot of that money to start the Owen Hart. Owen Hart Foundation, which awards college scholarships and helps low-income families secure housing. So, um, yeah, Oge doesn't want Owen in the Hall of Fame, and he says he's being remembered the way that uh, is more important, helping helping people. Absolutely, and that's their choice and only their choice. And that's another mm-hmm. thing with wrestling fans; they got to respect that. It's not, and it's you got to understand the from their point of view of losing their their father, their husband. The, in in how it was it could have been avoided and it, we don't know all the just intricacies of everything and there it was i just know based off how my knowing how wwe is i can only imagine what they went through with all of this like it, it's <clears throat> i'll never i'll never know but it's huh? it's their choice with that and i think uh, owen was was so much more outside of wrestling too with the fan being a family man and that uh as great as he was as a wrestler and uh i think he did everything for them to provide a a financial future for his family and and uh unfortunately he's not there with them but he was able to give them that financial security and they they get to choose how they want him remembered absolutely unless you've lost the person closest to you uh due to carelessness uh because when Owen came down, he didn't have the safety harness. He, he didn't have that second latch that they would always use for Sting because they wanted him to get out faster because it looked better. If you, if, unless you ha- had someone the closest to you pass away under those circumstances, you, you can't judge somebody. I mean, that's – it's ridiculous. Um uh, another bad week in the ratings for WWE Raw. It did its second lowest rating ever. Uh, it only did uh, 1.757 million viewers on the USA Network. There, there, it was a, a couple of years ago where under two million seemed unfathomable. Like that would be the the panic point. But now it's done that several times. That it's, was TNA back with Dixie Carter and all them. Weren't they around this number? Uh, they weren't far from. It. And uh, TNA actually topped two million a couple times. So. Yeah. Um, which at the time everyone would bash for being so low still compared right. to like, yeah 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 because raw back then was doing like five million yeah uh, but still yeah i mean it's uh it, it's pretty bad again this empty arena stuff over three hours with and wwe is not changing their presentation and so it's it's bad all around yeah that's uh you know i, I often wonder with AEW, that if they, I, I, I know, and Tony Khan doesn't have any interest of, of running Monday nights, but because Wednesday is kind of capped at that audience, a wrestling audience on Wednesday. I'm truly curious what AEW would come in at on a Monday night head to head with <clears throat> with Raw, because I think it, they would up the ante even more doing that. And I know that's not something they've they've talked about. And they're setting doing their own thing on Wednesday, and I love it. But I was like, man, I, I wonder if their viewership wouldn't double. Being on a Monday night with and yeah. getting more in capturing that audience, I don't think they're at that point yet. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, eventually, I like them going on the aggressive when they have that roster really secure and yeah. bringing it to WWE. That's what I uh, I would love to see it bring the fight to them because it, it was and the NXT that they're 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 decisively beating NXT, yeah, which is their WWE's newest brand. On that, with that, and as far as star exposure is all new talents essentially, but they brought down guys from the main roster, and it's not really 
significantly given them an advantage. You know, having guys like Finn Balor down there, it's it's it is what it is. So, Finn Balor's turned into just another guy over there. Yeah, um, and it, it it it's Raw's the show where where you got your where the stars always were. So I don't know. I, I don't. Um, people clearly, though, being at home are not interested in empty arena wrestling. Wrestlers going to do their job, go out there. They're yeah. working on all organizations, so they, they never. Never the wrestler's fault. Everyone's just making the best of it, working, doing their job. It's just clearly, though, that it, this is pro wrestling does better with an audience. And I will say, like, AEW, again, having people in the in the crowd, just something to play off of makes it a million times better. Yeah. And AEW, we mentioned last week, they did their, their they did a record low, but they were up this week 7%. They did 701,000 viewers on TNT. Uh, NXT only doing 592,000 viewers. <clears throat> so uh, uh, Dynamite topping NXT by 18%. The one thing with AEW, I always feel like they do best when their top angles are serious. You know, when it's like a Cody or an MJF or Jericho and Omega. And right now there's a lot of uh, you know, with Hardy and Jericho and the, the, the teleporting and then, the, you know, Brody Lee with the Dark Order. It just feels like a lot of it's not that serious on yeah. top. And uh, I, it, it seems like when they do more serious, their ratings are better. I think, too, that's something I think they're going to learn. And especially where the, the guys like the Young Bucks and stuff and they've done in the haha and online and, and pulling the curtain back, which is mm-hmm. great. But there, I feel like there has to come a point. And then just to kind of give a scenario, say I came back in, into wrestling and I show up very serious and maybe I'm not speaking and I'm just running through people, killing them. And then I'm all of a sudden doing this show, you know what I mean? Talking, right. having fun, la- right. doing my Ryback TV. It takes away from what you're doing and in, in the believability on the TV. And that's just an example of right. something. And now things, times have changed, social media and all that's different, but it's like if you look at when Sting came back as Crow Sting and wasn't speaking. If Sting would have been doing videos, right. um, you know what I mean? Right. If, if, him and, if, if him and Hogan then did a podcast. And they, it, yeah. Know, him and him and Hogan <laughs> ribbing Buff Bagwell and uh, backstage and whatever the fuck it is. I don't right. know. And I don't know why that popped in my head. But it would have <laughs> it would have taken away from what they're doing on TV and what made that so cool. Or the NWO invasion, if they're, you know, you, you know. Yeah, partying with all state. the WCW guys, fucking on on YouTube, boozing with the boys backstage, whatever. It, like you're like, wait, what? Right. It, it it really. So that's yeah. what I think. The people and I, even WWE, the guys, you got your own brands and you want to do your own thing. But to make wrestling as special as it was, I think you got to take that extra step and effort to protect the angles a little more yeah. at times. My my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I think uh, wrestling is different than movies where you could have the actors together. Wrestling, you you want that that sense of believability or, you know, that you want to kind of believe that these guys might not really like each other. And when they're joking around and uh, a day later on a podcast, it's it just takes that away a little bit. Even fighters, though, that are friends like UFC guys and they, they're yeah. friendly when if they have a fight, they're not they don't. They know they can't go like they because they need to be in that state of mind that they're going to go fight and they, they distance themselves. And it's a lot of times they don't want to even do that. And but sometimes things line up and they have to. But like, that's kind of the mentality with wrestling that I feel like if wrestlers took that stance, it would help the product do better. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You'll never see Conor McGregor after a fight just say, ah, I was just saying, doing that to build a fight. We're really friends or, you know, joke afterwards and say, ah, yeah. we were just messing around. Him um, and Khabib fucking at the bar right. laughing. We got you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, hugging, exactly. hugging each other. Just fucking. <laughs> yeah, it would it would take away. And that's what made that because there's that real hatred. That's what you want. The, you want that emotion in wrestling. That's a great point with that, like bringing them up because I feel like you want. You want to believe people don't like each other and, you know, it's, you know, it is, it's like me, if me and Punk, if Punk showed up and then I showed up and we had an angle after all this, people would be heavily invested in it because of everything that has really happened. And whereas, but if me and Phil were here and he's on in my house doing the podcast with me and fucking we're buddy buddies, we fucking, yeah. Right. Yeah, could you? Yeah, if Brett and Sean were doing podcasts together during that whole run, you doing know, two it, sweets with each other, right. fucking suck it, too sweet. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> times have changed, but times have changed. But, yeah, but I think if you have an angle and you can, it, you know, Brody Lee, I, and I think he does. He's not doing anything outside of. He's done a couple interviews, but you know, you don't want to. You just want to see people as that persona and and it protected as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, you want some believability yeah. on there. It's like Taker. Wow. Taker knows his career's coming to an end now. He's finally decided to open up and because he realized he's the only one that could talk about this stuff. And if he doesn't, yeah. a lot is wasted. And he's at that point where he might have a match or two or, or so, a little left in the tank, but it's time to start getting some information out and, and pulling back and because and, it, it's just it's what people want. But if had he have done that year two, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of become a different character now. He's kind of like Clint Eastwood, you know, with uh, just the old gunslinger that he's he's back to being super interesting, in my opinion. Evolved. Um, well, too, and he's updated the character to yeah. you. You can it's just it's you got to constantly evolve and adapt with the times or the times leave you behind as well. And I think he's taken advantage. And again, social media, it just, just depends. This isn't for everybody. This is all dependent on your character and what you're doing with that, you know, and again, if I came back to wrestling and I'm allowed to be me and and my personality, this stuff all helps me where it it enhances it significantly. But again, if I came back and being very serious and angry and not saying a lot sort of role, and then I'm doing all this outside of it, that contradicts each other. And so I think that's where wrestlers need to understand what their role is and what they're doing at the time and try their best to kind of keep that. You know, I think Matt Hardy does a good job of going, staying in character to some degree, no matter what he's doing with that at times. And, and he puts out the videos and where you believe he's a little wacky with that, with everything. And I thought that's what's helped enhance that character. I feel like is the online presence of him keeping that <clears throat> as far as to a certain degree. So. You know who's done the best job of it in this current era? It's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I think Baron <laughs> Corbin does a great job too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I really think Baron is I think he's a fantastic heel. Yeah. And, and you know, MJF too with his as far as transferring yeah. over it and being an asshole. MJF another good another M- great example. He deserves yeah. a lot of credit with, Absolutely. where he gets MJF is never pleasant. <laughs> yeah. But he realized that's where the money is because a lot of yeah. people are afraid. But he's just he was smart enough to go, this is my character. This is how I'm going to enhance my character and still do stuff. And he can say and do whatever he wants. It's probably the most fun he's ever going to have. If he turns babyface, he's going to be miserable. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's my favorite heel in the business yeah. right now. <laughs> um, 
So uh, finally, on a, a, a sad note, a tra- <clears throat> tragic uh, incident happened this past Sunday. Uh, Shad Gaspard was uh, he was out with his son on the beach. Uh, they were swimming in, uh, in Venice Beach and they, they got caught in a strong rip current. And um, yeah, uh, some first uh, lifeguards came to the scene. Uh, Shad, even during a moment of panic, you know, instructed them to, you know, get his son first. I'm sure they would have if they saw, you know, who knows if they saw him, if they didn't see him. But uh, Shad would, told him to get his son first. They got his son. His son is fine. Ten years old. He was ten years old. He is ten years old. And uh, Shad, unfortunately, another big wave came uh, over the top of him, and that was the last time he was seen. And uh, they found his body uh, just earlier this week, and he passed away at the age of thirty-nine. So, um, uh, really, uh, really sad story. Yeah, it's surreal. I've talked to a lot of different people too. The- Dolph Ziggler's brother, Ryan Nemeth, who was really close and was around him a lot. It's like, I know there's a memorial actually today. Ryan was actually just drove to, um, to go, to go be at that. Uh, it's tough to understand a, um, that situation. I think can never imagine. I know I talked to, um, Stu Bennett, Wade Barrett was actually about four miles down that same day and told me that the waters were the worst that he's ever seen since he's been there, living out there. And, uh, and I knew here we had that day, Sunday, we had bad winds in Vegas. And I think obviously being close to California, they had uh, experiencing high wind winds as well and creating those rip currents. That it's just, I, I'm, it's such a horrific incident. And in it though, the, the fact of, of, and we was talking to Kevin Nash about the, the waters in California are really cold all the time, too. Yeah. And it's especially right now, it's, it's not summer, it's full summer yet. And in for him to, to, to know and to, to have him save his son, he must have, I honestly, it, the situation had to have been bad. And he wanted to make sure he saved my son. I mean, there's no more heroic thing that you can a father saving his son and, and helping him. Clearly they were in a bad situation that they couldn't get out of that on their own. And it was just getting worse and worse. And it's Shad, you know, the lifeguard, I feel so horrible with the lifeguard. And they said they hate to have to make that decision, but it was made it a very easy decision for the lifeguard. The six foot six, six foot seven beast in the water and with his son, he saved the 10 year old and, and they go back and it was just too late. And, um, I think the one truly feel for his wife and son. And I think though, the it's been great to see the whole wrestling community, all these positives with Shad, um, these stories come out and if you, every picture you see of him, I mean, he's happy and smiling and goofing around. And, and that was always, I, and I told it on my thing, my, when I got to OVW, nobody liked me coming in, big jacked up guy came in from tough enough and they sent me down there for a month and, Nobody wanted to, I mean, it was a tense situation. And I remember he was the first one that literally came up. Hey man, I'm going to like, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to help you. And and he'd been in there for a bit. And, and he, again, again we, we just, two big guys clicked and uh, he would do drills and partner up with me to help make it easier for me. And I remember there's like all these stories you're hearing of people that he just kind of always was, Ryan Emmeth was telling me, 
that uh, he was going through a really tough time when he got fired from WWE and moved to LA and and Shad knowing didn't know Ryan but knew Dolph and being up there with Dolph and this is kind of the case with Ryan everyone Dolph's such a great guy Ryan everyone Ryan's a great guy and you just recognize that right away so it's like if you're Dolph's friend you instantly Ryan's your friend it's just and, and I remember Shad he was telling me got him an interview at Gold's Gym to get him a job to get him on his feet down there and like that's what got Ryan Nemeth all connected to everybody. And he's doing fantastic now and doing all his comedy things and passion and wrestling and things he enjoys was all because Shad went went to bat for him on a guy he didn't actually really know. And like you just stories like that, I think, are the really cool positive of what a great human being he was. And um, I remember I, I told another story with uh, WWE. I was doing that Dr. Jarrell Silvers where it was a mad scientist that would transform, drink a potion and transform into the silverback. Very, very animalistic silverback and doesn't speak from a wacky character. And I actually wanted to do something with Chris Masters. And the writers brought me up to TV because I wanted to be introduced and not be silverback yet, but come in as a managerial role. That wellness thing, Chris Masters just lost a little bit of weight. I wanted to be the mad scientist that got Chris Masters back on track. And it, it was crazy and it was wacky and it was stupid. But they brought me up to TV to have a little meeting with a couple of the writers and just talk. And I was nowhere near ready to go up at this point. But I remember Shad, we were in the same locker room and I was scared and very, I didn't have that mindset yet because I eventually got fired shortly thereafter um, from, from developmental. I didn't have that go confidence yet in me from a wrestling standpoint to really go for it. And I remember Shad just kept telling me, he goes, put on the outfit and he goes, just go grab a mic and get in the ring and start cutting a promo as Dr. Jarrell Silvers. Cause he'd seen me doing it and everyone, it was always very entertaining. Everyone, it was, it was very, it was, had a little bit of skip Sheffield and it was that silly, funny that would, and it, it, it got people's attention that, he knew that if I would have gone out there and done that, there's a really good chance that I probably would have got called up. But I, and he was just so positive and go do it, go do it. And I, but I was too scared to go do it. But that was Shad. Like he was just trying to, he just wanted me, he wasn't trying to do anything to make me go look stupid. He wanted me to, cause he was called up. He wanted me to get called up. And it was, you know, I remember that I was just like thinking about the, uh, the, some of the stories in different interactions. And I wasn't close with him by, by any means, as far as we just had these good experiences at different points, and and I I feel bad that I didn't stay in closer contact with them. To be quite honest, now unfortunately, but it's we're seeing just everybody he's met. Kevin Nash was telling me he was always he didn't know anything about it from wrestling. Doesn't watch, didn't watch during that period when he was out. But he would always work out with Shad when they were in L.A. Go down to Gold's Venice, and like it's and he just liked them. They were just two big guys that got along, and I think it's just everyone's. Shad got along with everyone, so this was yeah. uh, just fucking sucks. I, it's I, a tough it's surreal. I don't like. I, I. There's just been points of just sitting thinking, man. I'm just sitting outside. Like it doesn't feel fucking real. And yeah. I've not experienced a ton of death in my life outside of my animals, so it's just like it's just seeing people that I've come up with, and it's happened a couple times with different people and different just outside of wrestling too. It's just like, man, it's tough to process. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And you know, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. Um, I didn't know Shad that well either. Um, you know, we, we just communicated over email a few times when he, he was doing his scripts uh, for a, a pilot he was working on. Um, but 
it, it really it really got me. And as crappy as this year is, as worst year we've seen, I mean, it was a dad taking his son to go to the ocean and just hang out and uh, just reminds you that every day, no matter how bad this year is and how bad things are right now, every day is still a gift. And, it really uh, is. And just make 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 what you can of it. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, for him, you hear all these stories of him just being a good human being, and uh, his final act was as yeah. heroic as he can possibly be. Yeah, it's, and, uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be sorely missed. Right? So, yeah, I thought he, I mean, Crime Time too. I thought they could have gone back and had a run WWE. They were always really popular together, and it yeah. was you know I feel and again horrible for JTG and who was when yeah. posted a video of them too. Not long. It's just, it's tragic. Just, uh, hopefully we get some good news soon. Cause it's been, yeah. it's a, it's a bummer, man, this year. No, <laughs> so. I know it's tough to, it's hopefully. And I think too, the, with everybody. And I know I bought mine the other day, the collar and elbow it made me very happy to see what they're doing. Um, with the shad shirt, um, and I know if you follow Collar and Elbow on, on Twitter, I know then probably their Instagram that they have the link on Twitter and I've posted it up there. Um, and maybe I'll put that, find that and post it here on the write up for this show for people that hundred percent of the proceeds are going to Shad's family, uh, with this. So I think that's, um, if, if you can afford a t-shirt, it was, uh, it, it, there's no better cause. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it turned out to, uh, so that's about it for this week. It's uh, a yeah. tough week, uh, but, um, you know, uh, just keep uh, shadding your thoughts and his, his wife and kid. And um, I don't even know how to move yeah, on. No, no, it, there's no, there's no good way, but I, um, yeah. um, thank you as always. And is there anything this week to, to wrap up and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just keep checking out wrestling.com. We've, uh, this past week we had Matt Hardy, Deanna Parazzo, um, uh, just, just a bunch of interviews. Uh, we got exclusive interviews coming up next week with Ric Flair, uh, that I mentioned, uh, uh, Kevin Smith, the director of Mall Rats and, and, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Also Paul Walter Hauser, who was in the, who was the star of Richard Jewell, the Clint Eastwood movie. And, um, yeah, just. Tons of stuff coming out. So just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And thank you as always, Raj. And guys, today, actually, too, with Feed Me More Nutrition, this will come out Monday morning. It'll be our final day of our Memorial Day sale. Happy Memorial Day to everybody as well. This comes out. I always forget we record these uh, in advance with that. But you can save 30% with discount code MEMORIAL30 on FeedMeMore.com. But thank you guys very much for listening. You've just listened to another episode of The Shooting Blanks wrestling report feed me more thank you guys very much for listening to the shooting blanks wrestling report with myself and raj geary check out wrestlinginc.com for the latest in news in professional wrestling and feed me more nutrition my all-natural supplement line available on feedmemore.com just for listening to the shooting blanks wrestling report we're going to give you 20 percent off with the discount code shooting 20 at checkout. Just use code SHOOTING20 on FeedMeMore.com to save 20%. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed. Me. More. Feed. Me. More. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Welcome to you!
running wild. Yeah. I said, give me the hell, yeah. <laughs> Woo. Shoot it, Blake. Wrestling report. <laughs>